Thank you for listening to another installment of The Frequency, our Delta Green actual play operation. This is a horror show, and its content may contain things that some viewers may find disturbing, including extreme violence and psychological torments. Be sure to have listened to the other parts of this series to make sense of the events within. But please, enjoy, while you're still sane enough to do so. Alright, welcome back to our Delta Green project here at Reroll Gaming. Titled The Frequency for this chapter. Which there will be chapters in the future because I absolutely fucking love this game. So let's jump right into it. Nice and cold. Ice cold start. I think I said this on an episode of Reroll the other day. Just like chills going down my spine. Chills going Perfect for Delta Green. Hypothermia. (laughs) You don't want it. But you're gonna get it. Big stick, you will. All right, time of the year, maybe. Yeah. Dr. Greenwood. Hi. You hear the muffled sound of copter blades cutting through the night sky in Big Timber, Montana. This faint sort of as you look across from you and you have quite a few agents crammed into this helicopter. A pilot, two others near you, both armed. You're descending, going atop the helipad of the medical center. And you feel the sort of abrupt force as it makes contact with the concrete below it. And the door opens and you're ushered out. And you've gone down this stairwell a few times. More than a few times, I'd say. But never quite like this. Smush between armed federal agents as they lead you to Bay 3 door opens closes shut behind you an agent's in here with a gun and he says agent L will be in shortly please Dr. Greenwood make yourself at home I'd be more at home if I could get unhandcuffed please the lead agent will take care of that how about some water or some coffee it's late at night the lead agent will take care of that. I'm guessing that the lead agent's going to take care of everything. Catch on quick. Well, I'm going to lean against one of the counters. I'm going to say, tell me about yourself. We got time to kill. I ain't going anywhere anytime quick. I'm afraid that's classified. What do you got is that isn't classified? And at that moment, the door opens, and then walks this high-heeled woman. Oh, thank Christ, someone who's actually probably going to talk to me. Dr. Greenwood, it's nice to meet you. You may refer to me as Agent L for our exchange. Well, maybe you can answer me. Can you unhandcuff me, please? She looks at the agent with the gun sitting by the door, a buzz cut. Darker features, older man, maybe 45. Pretty pretty seasoned, 
see an interesting hook scar running over the side of his eye, and he looks back at her. She gives him a nod. He comes over, pulls out a combat knife, and cuts the zip tie. Thank you kindly. I'll rub my wrists as I kind of straighten up and stretch a little. Uh, Dr. Greenwood, I had some chairs brought in. If you don't mind, please take a seat. Okay. I'm going to take a seat uh, opposite of wherever the heck she's sitting. Two, like, waiting room chairs that are brought in, just kind of facing each other. And I'm going to go, where's, uh... I'll look around, kind of confused, and I want to uh, say, where where Diego go? Diego is being examined by one of our medical professionals. What about Felicia? Felicia has been reassigned elsewhere. She will be in Bozeman for... Reassigned? Now, she's a civilian. She ain't... She ain't no agent or anything like that, Agent L. No, but quite often, when federal or government agents involve themselves, they can have doctors moved around. Yeah, fair enough. I've been moved around plenty. But you are a federal agent, correct? I think it's best if you think of me that way. Okay, so you are governed by the state, of the United States of America. Sure. Okay. Perfect. What can I do for you, Federal Agent L? I would like to know, in your own words, what happened in this very bay with one younger 20s dark-haired gentleman who was in the nude. Well, are you familiar with HIPAA? Yes, of course. Do you have a warrant? We don't need one. Hmm. If I have a piece of paper saying you don't need one, perfect. Dr. Greenwood. Yes, ma'am. I know you are a celebrated by the books physician. I know you served your country well, and I would really like to do this with as minimal resistances as possible. Okay. Fair enough. What would you like me to put on a warrant that describes what you saw? Can you answer me a question first, ma'am? Yes. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> of course you're going to say this is a matter of national security. Fine. I get it. That's how we always cut yellow tape. That's fine. But up here in Big Stick, I moved out here to get away from all that. Uh... I was discharged from the military. I'm, I'm out. I'm out of this. I'm doing civilian work now, and if I do anything that jeopardizes my job as a civilian, I need assurances. Can we both agree on that? Of course. So, I'm not going to tell you anything about the patient that I saw, but I can tell you some stories if that'll help. What kind of stories? Oh, where to begin? Well, let me tell you, um, you ever hear of one about this guy who seemingly had some sort of object embedded in his head? Maybe from a car accident, mining accident, who knows? It was very delirious. 
Let me tell you. Go on. Came wandering into this town long ago and decided, well, this is a town he's from, but maybe not the time, if you know what I'm saying. Okay. Agent L, may I ask you another question before I go on? Yeah. Who you really work for? Because you're not bullshitting me with this federal agent bullshit. If I'm going to help you out, and if you do really want my help, that's what your agents were saying. Really a weird way of asking someone for help. So, what can you give me? And what are you willing to give me if you really want my help? Opportunity, Dr. Greenwood. Now, as a gesture of faith, I'll let you know the organization I represent, though this organization likely means nothing to you and will mean nothing to you unless, of course, you cooperate and you want it. Okay. I work on behalf of Majestic 12, a top-secret organization that is not known to the public. And I'm offering you the opportunity to perform... Well, to experience a medical experience unlike any human being on this planet has before. Hmm. Majestic 12. Well... You got this simple old doctor beat, let me tell you. <laughs> um, why don't we go by... What are you curious to find out about some of my stories? Why don't I explain to you what I know? Fair enough. Why don't you go ahead and explain to me what you know, and maybe you ask a question about a story I've heard. If I feel comfortable answering it, I'll definitely answer it for you. She hands you a dossier, and it's got the yearbook photo mm -hmm. of Frank McNeil. Mm -hmm. And she says, This supposed Frank McNeil is actually a recent escapee from a mental asylum. About 20 miles out from Big Timber, tucked in the middle of nowhere, so that any patients who escape are likely found. They're, they represent a group of patients that are deemed unfit to reintroduce into society. We are very eager to get this man back. And with your cooperation, we think we can. Mm. And most importantly, we think we could help him. Mm. That story you told me about a strange object lodged in somebody's head mm -hmm. did the protagonist of that story desire to touch it almost like being pulled by the sweet aroma of bacon in the morning not to my recollection ma'am very good very good that's good news I do know that the protagonists, uh, 
the antagonist of the story was not keen to be touched. Interesting. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. I've known plenty of people that are going through psychotic episodes and that don't want to be touched. And in fact, could I get a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or something? She turns to the agent by the door and she says, "Grab two cups of coffee, please." You know, and I'll, I'll I'll say it. one second. Use the use the white bag. That's that's a fresher fresher bag of coffee. Kind of like rolls his eyes, shuts the door behind him. What? I don't want you to have a bad cup of coffee. Sorry. Well, I appreciate it. But listen. Dr. Greenwood, we are not long on time. We are racing against the clock, and I have a couple of other questions for you, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. I'll be more than inclined to try and answer them. Perfect. And we cut to Agent Maya Oakley, Special Operator Daniel Durgan, and a mysterious Randy. You guys are outside of Dr. Greenwood's home, in fact. A broken down, well, a flat-tired SUV is being worked on at the mouth of the driveway by a federal agent who looks like he almost knows what he's doing. You guys are clinging, I, I believe you guys left off in the darkness of the, f no, you went under the house to... Into the house into the house to avoid the uh helicopter i believe right mm -hmm. all right so what are you guys doing uh dan for one has probably made his way around to the road through the brush over the last few minutes and would like to uh just inconspicuously kind of walk up looking like a neighbor something like that of uh, Dr. Greenwood left his weapons with Randy, by the way. Okay. Yeah, he just wants to kind of kind of be walking by, look at the look at the driveway, see this flat tire GMC. Say, oh damn, you boys all right? Need a hand? Uh, sir, this is official federal agent business. You're gonna have to move along. This whole place could be a possible crime scene. Sure, sure, of course. You maybe a little better at your job if I help you change out that tire, but hey, you don't want my help. I'll, I'll keep moving. What's your persuade? 20. Okay, you could go ahead and roll it. Nine. What? Nine. Nice. Okay. So, the first agent steps up and he's like, sir, I'm really going to have to ask you to leave. And the other one who's, like, under the car is like, god damn, hold, hold on a second. And he pushes himself out and he's, it like, sort of backwards <laughs> wiggles on his back through the gravel, dirtying his business, not business attire, but agent's suit. <laughs> and he's like, uh... Sir, uh, we could actually really use your help changing this tire if you have a moment. Well, sure, of course. Should be a should be a spare mounted in the back. 
depending on the year, it's either under the under the trunk floorboard or hanging below, and under the trunk floorboard would be a little crank that would lower down on chain. Um, meanwhile, Brandy it has two fingers that he's pulling back one of the curtains on a window from inside the house, and he's uh, whispers to you, Agent Oakley, he's like, Looks like your friend's getting mighty close to those uh, special operators. Yeah, he he does what he wants to. I I figure that we'll just watch and make sure everything goes okay. Well, ain't a whole lot he could do. He left his gun with me. That's why we're here, I guess. I can't expect him to that he's gonna pull too much more shit beyond because he's the one that popped it. I don't know. Hope he knows what he's doing. Me too. Meanwhile, uh, Special Operator Durden, you're helping lug this big tire out of the back of this GMC. What's your plan here? You're just going to help him change your tire? Yeah, and uh, at some point while I'm working on it, I'll just casually say, Hey, this is, uh, this is a dog's place, isn't it? Everything all right? You said crime scene. The dog hurt? Oh, damn good dog in town. I'm sure he's fine. We really can't say anything about our business here. Understood. I never understood uh, all that all that government stuff. But hey, your tires uh, tires going on nice and smooth. Lucky you got some some uh, maintenance guys to keep your spare aired up. Looks like you should be good to go, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for your help. What did you say your name was, sir? Oh, my name's Benny. I just live down the road. Well, nice to meet you, Benny. Good to know they're good folk in America's heartland. Good to know they're good folk out there protecting him. You boys have yourself a great day. Thank you. Get in their car. Lights on. Pull out. And start heading back into Big Timber. I'll walk back inside like, whew. They motherfuckers was never going to get out of here. You know, they were trying to use a screwdriver to take that tire off. <laughs> I don't know how this thing works, man. Just jamming a screwdriver. Yeah, did... I think I shoot the lug nuts off. He's under the car trying to take the tire off. Yeah. Did you need to introduce yourself as Benny as like a thing or were you just, did you yeah. just actually? Okay. Well, I didn't want to say Dan because I'm sure. That... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, did ben... you forget your own name or is that a Benny purpose? and the Jets. Benny. Benny and the Dan. Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. Who was cheating on you? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, side note. At some point, the docs probably do it for a uh, exhaustion. That's why I'm asking for role. coffee. <laughs> I don't know if you want to be drinking more coffee. How much willpower you got left? He never. Oh, uh, Never got that rest he was trying to get. I'm just going to... I, I can defer. I'm fine. Maybe you took a little nap in the shower. How much uh, willpower yeah, do you I have? Passed out in the sh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you wake up from that feeling super rude. I'm awake. Like, I'm like <laughs> Guns in my face. Guns. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> what a strange dream. Yeah. <laughs> How much willpower do you have? Uh, I got four. Oh yeah. I mean, you can you could either take the minus twenty percent 
It's all your rolls from exhaustion. Stuff to lose 1d6 willpower. Yeah, I'm probably just going to have to make I think it's just a one-time thing if you do that, but... Versus every roll. Yeah. I think Wait, I'm, I'm sorry, to... what? Even if he doesn't drink coffee, when he suffers the 20% tall rolls, he also loses 1d6 willpower. What? Oh, Jesus. I think sure that that's... Second? I don't think it keeps going. From what I read, but... Oh, it's like the original like willpower damage of being exhausted yeah unless you're saying that the because he was doing coffee he already did that i did it twice <laughs> um it's not very clear on if it keeps going or not. we will your choices we probably are fucking this up but your choices are to drink coffee roll 1d6 willpower and don't have the minus or to not take the I willpower mean, damage and have minus 20% to all your jacks. What if he just passes out mid-conversation? Yeah. She will wake him up. Oh, hmm. that's not good. She's not going to be like, oh, buddy. Fall asleep with, with your eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Would you like to drink coffee? Would you like to... Keep in mind, if you drop to two willpower, you suffer a mental breakdown. Yeah, well, no, I'm not taking a third chance. Yeah. And uh, I was just saying that as a side note for when you do pan back to him. I don't know if you want to do it right this second. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, we'll actually, at this point, go to Ronnie. Ronnie, you're in an interesting situation the agents watching you have left you know the blonde one is on the other side of the door you're being held in uh you feel a little weird after gazing at him while pooping <laughs> recently but i hope he feels weird too he does it's awkward <laughs> and at this point it's very late at night uh he comes in with another agent and they throw down a sleeping bag and a pillow and they say you're gonna have to sleep here overnight fun can uh butch come in yeah we'll bring the dog in with food appreciate it pretty quickly they usher in butch who's concerned sort of tailed down and kind of like low growling at everybody, but he comes in, sees you, sees you happy face, rushes towards you. I'll Slobbers all over. Yeah, I'll sit on the sleep bag and just kind of rub him. Okay. Her. Rub her. <laughs> rub her. Okay. Dr. Greenwood. Yeah. Got this coffee in front of you. Starting to really get tired. You want to keep going on the coffee? You want to... No. Take a break. Okay. Agent L says, I know it's late, Doctor, uh, and I really... You're going to need a, a good night's sleep, uh, especially if you plan to help us tomorrow. We need you at your best, but I do have a few more questions. Well, I'm more than happy to answer them, but uh, can I can I also ask some clarifying questions? Maybe go one for one here. Sure. You go but first. Ladies first. What a gentleman. Mm. Have you seen this man? And she slides you a picture of Randy. 
Oh, God. I want to pick it up. And kind of do this thing. Uh. He's squinting. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> squinting, sorry. Like tired squint, like can't yeah. keep your eyes open. Uh, can I have a luck roll to see if I'm too tired to, to focus? <laughs> so I can honestly lie to this person? Honestly uh, lie to them? <laughs> yeah! I mean, I think you can lie to her, I All don't right. think. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say maybe uh, in no real consequence, I don't think. Okay. But, uh, Miss Agent L, you got to understand, I see a lot of people every day. Uh, the residents of Big Timber and then the people who come careening in here because they crashed the car. Yeah, so I, I'm very well may have seen this gentleman, but I, I'm super, super tired right now. I'm, it's a possibility. She grabs a photo back from you and she says, understandable, doctor. Just know, uh, he has been seen around town, and this man is a member of, believed to be a member of, a few terrorist organizations and wanted in, for questioning in several bombings and even oh. a double homicide in Massachusetts. So be wise that if you remembered anything, yeah. can, to let can me I, know. Can I keep his picture? No. Oh. Can you give me a copy of the picture? No. Well, I'll try and remember. Quid pro quo, Dr. Greenwood. What was your question? Uh, yeah, who else have you questioned that I may know? Do you, are you, I, I assume that you've talked to the sheriff. How is Dick doing okay? I'm sorry to tell you, uh, Sheriff Richard McLean actually committed suicide at his home this evening. What? No, 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 no. Uh, no, no, no. Let's cut the bullshit, Agent. I I do not believe that Dick committed suicide this evening. I imagine there are a lot of things that you believe today that you would have not believed yesterday. You give me the body, and I'll do an a autopsy. Absolutely not. Well, then I do not believe that he committed suicide. You understand you that would be him? a massive conflict of interests. Did you reassign him? Did you get him out of here? Is he too, talking too much? What's going on? Again, I'm very sorry for your loss. Classified, of course. You hide my friend and you classified, of course. That's not classified. That's a state patrol case, actually. Oh, good. Well, I've dealt with them in Los Bozeman before. Go ahead and deal with them again. So, while we're on this topic, how did you find out? I believe it's my turn for a question. Oh, you know what? Go right ahead. Have you seen this woman? She shows you a picture of Agent Maya Oakley. Yeah. She was at the diner when an incident occurred. I pooped myself. It's interesting. <laughs> I have a sworn statement from a deputy, Donald Sharp, that mm -hmm. you and Special Agent... Maya Oakley were actually involved in a search of a household residence in the north end of Big Timber. That's correct. So it's fair to say you know her a little better than seeing her in the diner. Kind of not. I don't much know about her. All I know is that when I showed up to check on the sheriff, 
she was there too. So, uh, what would you say, passing acquaintances? Not not just a stranger, but I could say hello to her. She would say hello back type thing. Well, I just find it very interesting, and she hands you another photo. Mm-hmm. It's a Polaroid taken yesterday mm-hmm. at the Hungry Coyote Diner, and it is Agent Maya Oakley seemingly having a conversation with Randy over a cigarette. Oh, hey, that's the man you're looking for. Yeah, so I don't think it takes an investigator to piece together that a FBI agent working with a suspected terrorist. Hmm. That's bad, bad news. And I just want to make sure that anybody who might be implicated or involved hmm. ends up on the correct side of things. Do you have a dossier on this Randy guy? It's classified. <laughs> of course. Of course it's classified. Well, before you throw me under a bus that's probably cold under there, let, let me just say, with all due respect, uh, I only have your word that he's a terrorist, and I have no reason to disregard your word. But now you're trying to tell me that an FBI agent's a terrorist? It seems a little too puzzle PC to me, too, too convenient. Does that make any sense? You can understand my disbelief is what I'm trying to ask you. I understand that. Okay, fair enough. I'm not discounting your information, of course. You're a federal agent. I'm just a stupid old doctor here. So, I'm just trying to let you know where I'm sitting. Now, Dr. Greenwood, did you have another question for me? I did! I did! Thank you so much. Um... <clears throat> you probably know who my friends and family are in, well, I wouldn't say family because there is none, but you know, probably know my friends in this city or the town. Big Stick, I'm talking. Hey, is that fair to say? Sure. Sure. So, have you talked to any of them or maybe doing exactly what you're doing to me to one of them? She gives you a coy smile, and she says, I will say you and Miss Evans share a charming trait of stonewall and hardiness. Eh, you can say that. Um, Any chance, any chance that whatever I do to cooperate here lets us go home tonight because I'm not sleeping here I can't sleep in here I've done it before and it sucks what's your persuade oh god uh my persuade is 60 inherently it's pretty damn good give me a roll okay 31 okay great Dr. Greenwood Quite a charmer, gotta say. <laughs> well, you should tell my ex that. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a tough divorce. What were you going to say? <laughs> I saw the I saw the court documents. I'm she sure. folds her manila folder over and she says, I'm going to be real with you, Dr. Greenwood. Can we, can we be straight here? Not interrogation, just... I would love bluntness. Concerned American to concerned American. 
I'd love bluntness, and I'd love America, so let's do this. You had a run-in with who may or may not be Franklin O'Neill. Allegedly, yes. McNeil. I believe you saw something you cannot explain. I believe your friends saw something they cannot explain. I believe that you guys are hiding things from me. Okay. I understand. I have been through things like this before. This is going to get worse, much worse, before it gets better. And Dr. Greenwood, I would like your help. Okay. Because this man, who may or may not be Mr. McNeil, he's sick. Hmm. He's very sick, and that thing in his head is making him sick. Hmm. And I want your help to remove it. Oh. You want me to remove... A thing in someone's head. I'm a, oh. I've done surgery. I don't know if I've done that type of surgery, ma'am. I'm more into the cardiovascular. I understand that, but my experts tell me that I have under 24 hours to find a solution. And I don't have time to get a neurosurgeon in here, much less one that will keep their head on their shoulders as you have. Hmm. I will need some assurances before I agree to anything, and I think you find it understandable given the situation you've asked for help in. I'm more than happy to work with you, Doctor. But again, make sure you're on the right side. Well, I just want to make sure that my friends and I live through this situation. We don't get burned. And we don't have a target on our backs for the rest of our lives, as I know the government likes to do to some people. Some people. Mm. Make sure we're not those people. Cooperate. And I'll do that and more. (laughs) Well, Well, if that's it, I definitely need some sleep. And we pan on over to Ronnie, cuddled with Butch under a thin sleeping bag on a cold floor. You hear the sound of boots coming down the hallway. Door unlocks. Opens up and you see the two agents that originally interviewed you, the blonde man with the MP5 and the woman in high heels accompanied by a Dr. Greenwood and she says as a sign of faith take your companion and take the night to rest but I want to see you at the medical center 10 in the morning sharp hmm well like I said as long as you keep it ethical I ain't gonna say no to trying to help a man I'm going to give you a, a a look you've seen before, Ronnie, of the just shut up, get your shit, we're getting out. Okay. All right. I'll just stand up because I don't got any shit and take Butch with me. We will escort you to Miss Evans' vehicle. 
I recommend you stay in your home tonight and stay in one location. We will be looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Government's always watching that type of bullshit. You got you got taps on my phone yet? Have a good night. I'll uh I'll uh walk out and uh, since my rig was parked at the medical center, I would have either had them transport it over or or uh, drive it over myself if they were willing. I'll hop Is in your rig, rig at the medical center? Yeah, it stayed there. I I, I ran away, remember? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I'll, I'll get my rig and I'll say, I'd probably take your rig too. Let's get, let's go on back to my house. I think it's time we glimpse back at Special Agent Maya Oakley and Operator Daniel Durgan. What's it like in the in the home of Dr. Greenwood? Did you guys have the lights off? Do you just keep the ones that were on on, try not to look suspicious? I know Dr. Greenwood had his curtains drawn. I think it'd be exactly how it was left, like just dark and shades drawn and everything. Oh yeah. Okay. If anything, the only the only movement uh that Dan would have made is to go to the bear box and check it, then back to the house. Back to the bear box to check it. Back to the house. Remind me, what's in the bear box? A the hand. hand. Oh, the hand. The hand. Yeah. Right. And I think the scan that we did. Everything medical. Yeah. Yeah. All your However, evidence. Sort of. Also, uh, probably pertinent to point out, Dan would not walk right up to the bear box. He would walk like the wood line near it. Mm-hmm. Agent Maya Oakley, what are you doing? Probably just lying low and um, kind of looking over Randy's shoulder as he's peeking through. Kind of waiting for the next, you know, for what uh, Dan's doing. At this point, too, Randy has his sidearm disassembled on the table. He's cleaning it while smoking a cigarette. Shotgun at its side. Pressed up against the couch. He's got like a Dr. Pepper can, he turned into an ashtray, ashing all over a really nice table in Dr. Greenwood's house. Agent Oakley, things almost got a pretty dicey back there with your friend. Ashes his cigarette, says, takes a draw. You think you would have had the, uh, the mental to pull a trigger if you had to? Think you could have killed one of those guys if they were threatening me or Dan? I have no intention of pulling a trigger on anyone. Uh, while she's saying this, she's gonna, like, sweep off, like, the ashes from a cigarette, like, off the table, and, like, hand like him, like, a nearby coffee cup that, like, an old coffee cup or something, and just hand it, put it in his hand. So he'll, like, ash into that instead of, like, ashing everywhere. UFBI agents always like things neat and tidy and organized. Ashes into the coffee cup says that's not the way the world works you ever kill somebody before agent oakley absolutely not i'm in analytics not i'm never on the field what if you had to i don't want to be in a position that i have to nobody wants to be in a position that they have to but sometimes lives turn out that way 
I guess I would hope that my instincts were on point when if I got into a place like that. I hope so too. What is your alertness? Dan, what's your alertness as well? 20. 80. Dan, you're you're circling the forest line, getting ready to cut through some brush, go check back to the bear box, just making sure you're not being too obvious, leaving a distinct trail. And you hear, like, the sound of something large hitting the back wooden deck of Dr. Greenwood's home, like a brum, brum, brum. And from the inside, Maya, you don't hear anything, but Randy goes, did you hear that? Grabs his shotgun. I'll just get, like, spooked and be like, no, what? He puts a finger to his lips, gives you the universal, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Is that what that says? And then he, like, points towards the back door. Dan, what are you doing? Uh, trying to get a visual on whatever the fuck that noise was. Okay. Trying to trying to go a little stealthy? Yeah. Stay a little bit ahead of the game. What's your what's your stealth? Seventy. Okay. You're cutting through the woods slowly. Give me a roll. <laughs> I don't like that music. <laughs> no, it's, it's weird. Uh, what's this roll for? Stealth. 96. Over 70. 96. Oof. Woof. I think this is a bad one. Bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays <laughs> out. I assume you have your weapon on you. Oh, yeah, I got them both. Okay. Do you have it out? Uh, after I heard that, absolutely. Okay. You're sneaking around the corner of this sort of wooden cabin. Gotten pretty close. Take a step forward. Angle the f- your feet perpendicular to the wall. You go to take another step and you like feel something you didn't see in the darkness slip underneath you in the gravel. Small paint can. You slide out a little bit, losing your footing and going around the corner, and you look over to your left at the back patio, see a dent in the wall, cracked and splintered with wood, and you see on all fours Frank McNeil. Naked. Blood trickling from his face, this long sort of draw of blood that catches in the moonlight. And he whips his head up at you. And you see where this gem is embedded. His skin has begun to flake and rot away increasingly around it. His eyebrows, you can see the bone of the brow. The skin dead and rotten to the edges of his forehead. Flaking pieces off of it and blood dripping out his nose. As he looks up and he says... Help me. Meanwhile, on your guys' wonderful car ride back. Well, oh, before yeah. we get in our cars, mm-hmm. 
When we get outside, do I see that van? The one with the antenna on it? Yeah. Yes. So you see this big white Sprinter van. Large satellite dish on top of it. Doors open out the back. Again, two guys smoking out there. Both armed with... I think I said MP5s. And they look at you two coming out. One of They share a glance with each other and one of them goes around the back. Shuts the doors. And they just kind of watch. Can I tell just by looking anything about this van and its capabilities? I guess. Do you have search? Don't you or have do you a mechanic have skill too? Mechanic would, would yeah, be good. Yeah, I have search of 60. And I also have mechanic or electrician of 40. Okay. Interesting. I think... A sort of mixture of all those skills tossed up together, you know that A, this is a custom designed piece of equipment. Maybe with your mechanic score, you realize this model, make and model of van, is modified structurally. Structurally, it's got thicker, what you can probably tell is armor plating on it. Um, it has a bigger suspension. And you can tell that a lot of weight rests on top of that big satellite configuration. And looking over it, you see very briefly that the dish is kind of moving. Like it's trying to sort of triangulate something. And at that point, it sort of snaps around. Twists like a foot and then just starts... Rotating in maybe a three-inch spread. Um, it snaps around like it's maybe locked onto something. Possibly. Do I when I look at the agents after that? Does it look like they notice that or seem like they're about to do something because of it? They. I think they're actually kind of transfixed on you at this point in time. I don't seem to notice it, at least not at this moment. I'll kind of try to keep their attention just for a little bit and be like, how's it going over there? They don't say anything. Friendly bunch. I'll turn to Freddy and be like, friendly bunch, these guys, huh? Nah, not, not really. Not the type of folk you get out in Big Timber, really. Guess you're probably used to them in Maine, though, huh? (laughs) There's a reason why I live out here in Big Timber. Those uh, big suit types don't uh, really agree with me over here. Uh, Well, uh, were they saying I had to stay at your place tonight? I didn't really follow. I don't know, but it might be the best option. All right. Uh, meet you back there? Yeah, you go ahead and meet me back there. Um, just watch yourself. There's a lot of them out. You don't want to hit any free agents. Wouldn't want to hit anyone. Oh, I just drank a fucking ant. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, I just had one crawling on my shoulder. Yeah, oh, that's so God. metal. Uh, yeah, it's not. The true good. horror of Delta Green. <laughs> yeah, you drink yeah. an ant. It's so annoying. Get, get some extra nutrition, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Fucking kitchen. Is it the really big ones or like a little one? The little oh, one. The sugar. Oh. 
Uh, <laughs> well, uh, Ronnie's gonna kind of just kind of slowly saunter around and let Butch in and kind of wave over at the guys, you know, and then before she gets in her, like, she's trying to take her time, like, because they're staring at her. And then before she gets in their car, she's going to be like, uh, well, hope you boys stay safe. It's, uh, luckily a nice night out here in Big Stick. Kind of stare at him, wait for a response. Again, nothing. Well, good night. I'll get in and drive off. <laughs> you guys taking separate cars or are you in? Yeah. I'm getting in my car, yeah. Do you both have Broncos? Is that where we ended? Um, what do you I have, have a. I got a Bronco. Truck. Bronco. <laughs> the. Where did I write it? The Ford. Um, really, yeah, that one. F-150, okay. Tail lights of a Bronco and a Ford F-150 peel out from the medical center. Can I watch my, like, rear mirror and see if they start, like, getting really active? Yeah. Or if anyone follows us. You see the got the two agents, rather, pop up in the back of the van and crawl in. Seemingly not in a hurry. Not at least in a panic. Okay. Close the door behind them. And getting about a half mile out of town, you see uh, uh, one of these GMC SUVs behind you with no lights, just barely visible in the passing street lights of the Montana street. Figures. And before you get back home, what we're actually going to do to end this episode on is... Dan, give me a fucking sanity roll for seeing this <laughs> motherfucker. All right. Second single-digit roll? roll. Nice. Rolled a nice. four? Yes. Nice, okay, yeah. You're good. Something happened here, and this dude looks fucked up. But you're, you're gripped, and we'll find out. Uh, we'll find out what you do next time. Yeah. On the frequency. God, I gotta look at this guy for a week without helping him. Ooh, that's the frequency noise that we're gonna yeah. play. Yeah, gonna <laughs> Twenty dollars that Dan puts a bullet in this guy. Yeah. You're way <laughs> too much trouble, bro. If he doesn't. Uh, oh. the other dude's going to. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Reroll Podcast. The world of Rel and all characters within are copyright and fictitious. Any similarities to persons living or dead or actual events are purely coincidental. Want to follow us on social media? Listen to another episode or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all of our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we could use in our games. The reroll main theme and all character themes are copyright, as well as the Chronicles of Rel main theme. Please consider donating to our Patreon if you liked our content. We are hell-bent on making more, and with your support, we can make a lot more. New episodes every Monday at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you then.